you've been running Herd on the Hill for Roll Call for a while. Uh, yeah, about a, about a year now. And you were at Roll Call since like it, yeah, 2014. Was, yes, I've been at Roll Call for uh, a few years. So I, was, I was mainly like a, a regulatory reporter, so a really <laughs> different beat. Do you ever worry that things now are too good that your job's going to get boring? <laughs> too good? In, too good. Everything in, journal, in the country. In journalism? Or journalism is too news. respected. The news is too boring. Things are too good for you to enjoy. Yeah, I mean, as I checked my mentions today, I got yelled at by some uh, MAGA rappers. Speaking of, yeah, because you recently, it was like two or three pieces ago that you wrote about the MAGA rapper guy. Yeah, I did. He, he just dropped an album, and it's called MAGA Ain't Got No Color. That's literally the name of it. Yes. Do you number one? Do you agree that MAGA ain't got no color? Hard uh, disagree. Well, it's red. The color's red. The color's the red. red it's a hat. Yes. Yeah. So it clearly with a white a font. Yes. Um, Old white font. Uh, it's also CPAC weekend this week. Yes. Are does your job require you to watch CPAC? No, actually. Oh, okay, cool. We don't, no. Weren't you watching some CPAC? Um, I I caught like clips of it, but I didn't watch. I actually watch it uh, more. I usually watch it more, but I, I didn't this year. Because things are so good. You're like, I don't need more of this. Yeah, things I know what so it good. is. You know, Diamond and Silk are going to get up there and do their routine. Um, Matt Schlapp is going to yell at some people about, I don't know, guns or something. I don't know. It's it's getting kind of stale, I'm not going to lie. Are you sad about... Not about anything, just in general. Are you sad at all right now these days? Uh, No. Good. No. no. That's so great. I'm not. Are you happy? Uh, anxious, sure. Are you anxious? Yeah. Why? The new, the news, and, you know, I'm a part of this industry, but there's too much of it. There's too and much of what you do. Constantly. So you, you're credentialed to go work on the Hill. Yeah, yeah. And you have been for a long time. Is mm-hmm. it more crowded these days? It is. Really? And that really, like, hit home um, during impeachment, like, so we yeah. would go back through the archives and read some of the Heard on the Hill stories. Yeah. Who, do you know who the reporter was then for Heard on the Hill? Was it Ben? It was Ed Henry. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. So back then, I think you had Roll Call and the Post and the Times on the Hill. But now there's like a million reporters yeah. just roaming around. Does that make your job more difficult or does it make it seem more important because now there's it's not so much journalism but more just opinion writers that happen to be there that are credentialed. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'd say it's it's probably more difficult just from a competition standpoint. There's okay. just like so many people there. Do you like, know the please Well, like uh, you know, I was reading a couple stories and like what would normally be something for her on the hill, you know, we kind of do these like offbeat tidbits. Now they they kind of get tweeted out a lot. Yeah. So we just we have to approach it from a, a different perspective now. Are you covering Super Tuesday in any way? Uh, no. Are you, no. Does that make you excited to not have to cover Super Tuesday <laughs> anyway? I mean, I'm still going to be uh, watching, but... Um, I know you're a real journalist, so you can't reveal your political beliefs or anything like that, okay. but do you have anyone that you hope advances? Thank you for calling me real. You're real? <laughs> I'm not. I would never call myself a journalist. My wife's a journalist. You're a journalist. I'm not a journalist. A lot of people won't cop to that these days. That Why? We are real. That we are real. That you're a real journalist? We are real people. Oh, no, I didn't say you're a real person. You're a real journalist. Yes. Big difference. Yeah. But <laughs> is there anything that you hope happens on Tuesday that you can reveal? That I hope happens. Um, yeah, that there, there is no clear narrative from it and that we just get chaos. You hope that happens? Yes. For your own job security? Yes. All right, cool. Tommy's on the show for the next four hours. Tommy, what do you hope happens on Super Tuesday, which is this Tuesday? This show will have already aired by then. Well, I just hope everyone had a good time. That's right. That's what I hope, too. I just want everybody to have a good time. What was that? That's the Super Tuesday theme. Oh, cool. We got <laughs> themes. Um, I hope that there are no voting ir- irregularities. Actually, there, how is there not going to be voting irregularities I hope that doesn't somewhere. happen for the sake of our democracy, because I don't want people to lose faith. That's already happened. That's all we have. Um, I'm not necessarily for... Clearly, I think things are great, and I don't want anything to change. 12 more years. That's what I've been saying since day one. 12 years of this shit. Um, but this is, I'm not going to... Have you ever thought... Okay, let's go not... Tiered voting. I want okay. tiered voting. I want if you're 16 to 30... Or sorry, 16 to 29, you get one vote. If you're 30 to 50, you get two votes. And if you're 51 and above, you get one vote. 
Ooh. I think that. Yeah. I think that would change everything for the better. No, I'm not Gen X. Are you late millennial? Yes. Okay. So, yes, I'm a late millennial. Because um, if, if you see who picks up them a financial burden, it's 30 to 50. Yeah. It's people That's that the have sandwich young kids and people that deal yes. with the elderly. And the young kids can't vote, so you should expand it to 16. And because when I was 16 to 30, I was dumber. I'm not saying I'm smart <laughs> now, but I was dumber. And um, you, you didn't care about the same things. And like, I. That, I'm not going to negate anyone's personal political beliefs mm-hmm. in this way. And then when you're older, you're like, fuck it, I want to watch the world burn, but pretend I'm not because I'm actually watching an infomercial about watching the world burn. And you don't fucking get it because you're dumb as shit. And that's why Joe Biden is still running, even though he shouldn't be because he can't comprehend <laughs> everything. Therefore, what are your thoughts on tiered voting by age? On tiered voting by age? Um, wait, when's the cutoff for two? What's the limit on two votes? 30, 30 to 50. Okay, yeah. We can go I as high as 55. Votes, sure, absolutely. Yeah, we can go I, as high as 55. Because I get more votes, and that's what politics is. It's sure. about raw power. It's not about, you know, fairness or democracy. It's about Do you think that would have power. changed anything thus far in this election cycle? If, it if was, we had tiered voting? If we had tiered voting in that specific age range. Uh, Bernie would be running away with it in the Democratic primary more than he probably already is now. What because I think that's where his support is with that generation are younger, not so much the older people, yeah. I think. Do you, okay, so this will be released, I think, on Friday. Yeah, this is day five. This is hour five, so Friday. This will be released on Friday. We're Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. Yeah. Are you legit worried about coronavirus? Um, For me personally, no, because yeah. my immune system is pretty good. Yeah, but what's like the problem? With older... Like older people. Okay, whatever. Uh, I think it's fair to say that, like you just said, Bernie's running away with it. Mm -hmm. Is that going to be good for your job? Because, or is that just another chaos agent? If Bernie becomes president, will it? You know, it's it's weird because I think political reporters probably think about this all the time. I have not really thought what it would be like to cover a Sanders administration. I imagine it would be. Uh, interesting because he's one of those people who um, uh, uh, inspires a lot of passion among his supporters. And so covering, and like I cover Congress, the place where most dreams go to die. Sure. So covering the reaction of like all that idealism bumping up against like Mitch McConnell, that would be interesting just from a story standpoint. Could Bernie win and is it even possible for Bernie to win and they and the Dems don't take the Senate? Uh, yes, that you, is possible. Because what is if the he most, doesn't have long coattails in. What is the most likely scenario, though? Trump wins, Republicans don't take the House, and they t- keep the Senate? Uh, is that the most? I haven't. Uh, the my, Vegas my odds. Nate Silver here. Uh, I think the most likely, because Trump is incumbent, and that yeah. is just an advantage. He wins, Republicans gain... Uh, some seats in the House. Just but it's because, still Dem but House. It's still Dem House. And then they keep the Senate, and right? And then they keep the Senate. Okay. Most likely. Therefore, if Bernie happens to pull out a miracle here mm-hmm. and wins, in theory, the the Dems could take the Senate then because that means there was a huge turnout. And those few races that actually could change things have changed for the Dem side. Um, I, it, I'm not exactly sure which... I know Colorado is in play, but I'm yeah. not sure... So Which here's exactly. the, the guy next to you. He's a Chicago Bears fan. I'm okay. a Chicago Bears fan. That's okay. true. I feel like this is how Chicago Bears fans talk at the start of every <laughs> season of like, listen, Tom Brady might die, right? So if Tom Brady dies and then Ben Roethlisberger rapes another person and gets caught by allegedly, at least week six, we have a shot. And then Aaron Rodgers' family comes out again about why they hate him. And an Matthew easier, Stafford is still fine. You know it would have been an easier way for you guys to make the playoffs is to uh, maybe take Deshaun Watson or Pat Mahomes mm-hmm. in the draft before Mitch Trubisky. Here's the thing. Just I don't out. like Mitch. Uh-huh. And that's weird because I love guys named Mitch, which we've already established. But <laughs> Mitch Williams, my number one favorite oh, relief God. pitcher I'm for a, the Philadelphia Phillies sorry, that I'm gave up a World Series home run to Joe Carter. I'm a Braves fan, so I don't do the Mitch Williams. or Joe Also, Carter, wild thing on the 1999 Cups. Huge <laughs> Mitch Williams fan. Number two. We'll leave that for the listener at home. Mitch McConnell? You got it. You nailed it, buddy. Um, 
His I'm real not, name's Addison. Did you know that? Mitch McConnell? Yeah. Because he's a huge Addison, Cubs fan. Yeah. Addison Mitchell McConnell. They named him after the Cubs. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah. yeah. I do think it's ironic to do a Bernie Bears comparison because Mitch literally can't throw left. <laughs> <laughs> he can't throw God to damn left it. at all. He's a real comic. <laughs> he is. I'll be at the big hunt tonight. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going with this because that it's one line was too bad. The bear. I don't think Mitch is the problem with the Bears. Really? Yeah, it's the fucking coach is the problem. Oh, Nagy, you think Nagy, Nagy is a bad coach and got lucky with some of the greatest defense in the last ten years last year, and that's why he got coach of the year. Yeah, shout he to Rokon into Rokon that. Smith. Now, what does he say on his play ball? He's got uh, he's got a play card. Because Nagy is such a fucking offensive genius, he calls the plays. Do you know what it says on it, and in big bold letters on it? Run left. B U. <laughs> He's got. I'm not joking. Just fucking Google it. What is he a dating coach? What the fuck is this? Have you Just watched? Just be Lo- yourself. What have you watched? Love is blind. Oh yes, absolutely. Okay, are you? Have you? Have you completely caught up? You saw the yes, finale. Yes, watched the finale and everything. Or right, did you, Andy? Did you watch it? Okay, so if you haven't seen any of it, I feel like we can talk about it. Tommy, are you trying to? I've watched about five episodes of it. So is it okay if we spoil it? That's fine. Okay, Chris, I know you're married with a child. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) That's fine. I get that. Okay, I get that. Yeah, I understand that. Give us about 38 minutes. Okay. Um, I feel like Bernie voters right now are the sure thing Kelly and Kenny marriage. They're literally <laughs> one letter apart from being the same person. You think like these two make the most sense on paper, but then you hear more about it, and you're like, she's never had an orgasm with a person, a partner. She's not sexually mm. attracted to him. I feel like that's what's going on right now with the Bernie Sanders movement, with the Bernie bros. That like, they've never had an orgasm? <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me, brother. Like, my mention's on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That is at Brandon Weatherby. I, you know, Twitter.com. so I wish that was my handle. It's not. It's, it's not? It's, no, it's YMTE. So the, my Twitter handle, I registered under my, when I was at Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. So I still have it, but I don't have that email anymore. Oh. So I don't know, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's owned by Russian. So uh, <laughs> I, I feel like what you do need is a true chaos agent of that fucking crazy couple that everyone's like, I, who my friend Megan Gailey thinks is going to murder suicide each other, <laughs> Bennett, and what's her name? Who Barnett. Used, Barnett. Barnett. Barnett and the ex-tank mechanic. Yes. Who's now a cocktail waitress who actually got married. <laughs> They're going to fucking murder suicide the world in a beautiful way. That's what the Democratic. That's who you want. That's Barn- what the Democratic uh, Party needs. You need something. I don't know who that combo is, but that's the combo you need. Why don't wait? Why don't you think? Ber- Wait, Bernie is the steady one in this. Bernie analysis? is the is Bernie is the Kenny and Kelly relationship. I would think that would be Biden. No, Biden is actually Mark, the twenty-four-year-old from <laughs> Chicago, who has no idea why the thirty-four-year-old from Chicago won't does not want to be with him. And this he's just kid fucking is just idiot. walking into a buzzsaw. It yeah, is like, that's Biden. What it is? That's Biden. I'm yelling. I mean, I. I yelled at the TV yeah. more than and they filmed this the over Georgia game. two years. Just, they filmed this in 2018. Yeah, you're yelling at the past. Yes, that's all I'm saying. I'm just like, does, and you can watch his friends try to tell him, "Hey, man, um, I don't think this is a good idea." There's so many ways. You're that, too young. Yeah, you're dumb. You're young and dumb. They, I'm 29 and wise. And it's like there's nothing that. Uh, what was her name, Kelly? I think it was also Kelly. Yeah. The she just seems like a Kelly. There was like nothing she could say that he'd be like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. He would just... Clyde, how old Sure, are you? I'm fine with that. How old are you, Clyde? Uh, just turned 35. 35. Tommy, how old are you? I'm 29 and wise. <laughs> <laughs> would either of you go on Love is Blind? Because you're both in the age range where they'll still take you. No. You wouldn't go on it? Uh, no, because I, uh, it's all about getting married. I don't want to do that. Yeah, but like... I would go on the circle and pop off. Oh, but. fuck yeah. <laughs> also, I know somebody who would be very upset if I went on that show, and that is my fiance. Oh, she's not here, so get her the <laughs> fuck out of here. Let's go on Love is Blind Independent together. that, I still wouldn't go on that show. I mean, it is funny to watch the people who are over 30 on that show. Yeah. They seem to be more reticent about what is happening. Whereas it's the younger people on the like the 24, 25, 26, they're like, 
we just had such a connection, yeah. and this is really going to work. And it's the older people are like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, but about when you this. talk to anyone for 19 hours a day, <laughs> like you're going to fall in love with them because you're in prison, but it's like a really nice prison. Yeah, I think it's like a similar thing. I haven't watched a ton of The Bachelor, but it is a similar situation where if you isolate somebody and just make them, like, yes, talk to each other, have no connection to the outside world, well, of course they're going to, that's going to happen. And then you get out in the real world and it's a bit more difficult. And I think that's where it's fair to say people start acting and start getting real. (laughs) (laughs) Is that fair? It's fair. It's fair. But it's probably going to have a trajectory like the like if they do more than one season. Now people I don't think it works anymore. Yeah. Once you know that it's, it like it's a one and done. Unless they know what's What if they fucking happen. batch filmed like 5 seasons? Yeah. Well, I don't think they did do that, but that's what they should have done. <laughs> they no should have done that. Because all right, like take the real world. It was much raw, like raw, is that a Yeah. Much more raw in the early going, and then people grew up watching it, and they knew, like, it became a parody of itself because people tried to slot themselves into whatever typecast they thought they were, and they're like, oh, we're here to just get drunk and hook up, and it wasn't as compelling as it used to be. That's my thoughts on the real world. Thank you. Controversial thoughts on the real world. Yeah. Um, People could read her on the hill on Roll Call. Mm -hmm. Um, Big Bernie bro right here. Uh, Just at him on (laughs) Twitter which is a social media site that helps the world come together. Yes. Uh, Facilitating thoughtful dialogue. Would you be on it if you didn't have your current job? Would I be on Twitter? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. I'd probably lurk more and occasionally look. But I can't, like, if I go on vacation, I will delete it, like, from my phone. Is your fiancé on it? She lurks. So she's, like, barely Occasionally, just to read my tweets, actually, to see if I'm making fun of her. Have you ever done that? Yes. What did you say? Oh, uh... This mean lady won't let me go on Love is Blind. What a mean lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's what I tweeted. Yeah. I call my wife a mean lady all the Uh, time. I think I said... No, one of them was about, like, uh, why is it that when it's my turn to do the dishes, somehow every pot and pan gets cooked with in the house, and that got back to her, like somebody... Text it to her, I think. Are you doing like Borscht Belt comedy? What the fuck is this? My wife. Yeah. Like Borat. It's just me doing Borat jokes. Our mutual friend has the best license plate of all time. Does it say my wife? No, it's better than that. Tommy, do you know what it is? No, what is it? Joe McAdam, do you know what his license plate is? (laughs) I don't. Please tell me. I'm Borat. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where we're going to end it with you, Clyde. Thank you. I want to thank you for your time and your mean, mean fiance. For not letting you go on Love is Blind. I'm going to take the microphone from you. I'm going to shake your hand. Tommy's going to play some weird droney bullshit. (laughs) I know. I messed up the tone What the fuck is that? (laughs) Well, there it is. I'm going to play this whenever a guest is done. Oh, every time. You can leave. You're not stuck here. (laughs) Thank you for coming. (laughs) Did you travel for it? Oh, that's not far at all. I don't feel bad at all. Chris, if you're willing, please sit here in this chair. He had to... He had, is your daughter current... She's about... She's currently napping or is about to nap? She is napping. She's currently speak. napping. She's asleep. So here's the thing. This is Tommy McNamara. Hi. How you doing? Great. He's a comic, but... This is what makes it worse. He occasionally plays music in his comedy. Sounds like a dream. Sounds horrible. <laughs> He's got a new record. Tommy, what's the name of that record? That record is called Who's Tommy? And you can find that on Spotify, Apple Music. And uh, you have, um, and you have a, a, a musical suite. It's an opera. It's a rock a opera. A rock opera, yes. Which yeah. closes the album. Which, because no one has ever had a rock opera called Tommy. And <laughs> I thought yep. I would do that. That's and really and um, are you willing to play the first two, li- two or three lines of the musical? Oh, man. Do you um, remember it? It's a, a deaf, dumb, and blind kid who plays pinball with a hairline that's much too high. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that's all. I just wanted you to hear that. Thank you. Because um, you write about music. Did you bring your zine? I brought you a copy of my zine. That's awesome. I know you're in the middle of this 12-hour broadcast. Yeah. If you run out of things to say, you can just read 
from it. You can take a reading break. So I actually brought this just in case I did run out of things to say, which is today's, it's the Sunday paper. Oh, good. I did bring the Sunday paper. There here. you go. You got it all. Um, you can hear my voice going already. Yeah. That's not a good <laughs> and sign. And you've just begun this quest. How, many, how deep are we at this This moment? is hour five. Okay, so we're almost halfway there. Yeah, and I've done this before. It's fine. Yeah, you pro. No problem. Sure. Pish. Um, do you ever miss going on tour? He used to be in a, Tommy, uh, Chris used to be in a band called Q and Not You. Oh, cool. Do I miss going on tour? Like those specific types of tours. Last time he was on the show, sorry. Last mm. time he was on the show, we talked about Anthony Kiedis' book, Scar Tissue, and on the tour, they would read Scar Tissue on the back of the, bu- on the, back <laughs> of the van. Yeah. Um, I, I miss seeing American cities every year. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can like see the change of how San Francisco looks different from season to season, and yeah. then when you go back 10 years later, you're like, where is this place? Um, it's just so impossible to even compare life to 20 years ago, right? Would or, you ever want to bring your kid on tour? The same way you used to tour. N- <laughs> no de- upgrades. De- definitely, definitely no. <laughs> but I have seen, you know, in my music journalism adventures, a lot of these country singers have, like, the most balled-out tour van- uh, tour buses ever. Yeah. And they, I think they kind of want to show them off to the press sometimes because I find that, like, it's of any style of music, it's the only artist who invites you to do the interview on the bus. Like, oh, just really? go on the bus. Yeah. So I've seen... So many country artists tour vans, and some of them have them like really familyed out and family friendly, and like they'll park it in a grassy place and like build like a fake yard with like a little um, uh, kids swimming pool and stuff and like playground equipment. I mean, so if you want to be a a country singer and bring your family on the road and you have the the millions and millions required to do it, uh, it can be done. I'll give you three of your hundred dollars if you can guess the one artist I've ever interviewed on a tour bus. It's a band. It's a band. You can ask as many questions as you want. But <laughs> it will never you're get never going to come up. Are with they it. a ska band? They're not a ska band. <laughs> <laughs> would have narrowed it down at least. That would have. <laughs> uh, this is like playing Guess Who with the universe. Yeah, it's, um, you're not going to get it. Yeah. What, were they founded in the '90s? No. Is it the Guess Who? No. <laughs> I don't even know what question to ask to even begin yeah, to narrow exactly. it down. It's so hard. Do you want one hint? Just one hint. They were opening for a band. <laughs> well, that narrows it down. So to they weren't from even everyone the headline. Everyone. <laughs> were they um, touring beyond their means? Was it like walk up, yes. step onto a bus that we can't yes. afford? Now we're never gonna yep. get it, dude. Are we will, done? Will, will we even know who they are? Probably not. I can't name. <laughs> okay, I can't. <laughs> I can't name any of their songs or hum any of their songs. If we don't know who the artist it was is, the our Datsuns. The Datsuns. Oh, yeah, that right. was my they were guess. opening up for yeah. the Pixies. Wow. For the yeah. first Pixies reunion tour, and they were. I don't know if you remember this. Like they had. To, they Pixies only had like I think like three dates, and then like each city they added like a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and ninth. Yeah. So this was night one. Okay. And like they just like happened to be the band, and like no one gave a shit. Yeah. And they had a tour bus. And they, they had recently um, gone from opening up from um, from Velvet Revolver. So wow. they had a Velvet Revolver shirt That's on the tour bus. That's a wild transition. Yeah. Whenever I hear their name, they remind me of another band named after a now obsolete auto vehicle called Edsel from Washington, D.C. So to the listeners out there, check out Edsel. Are you in the band Edsel? No, I was <laughs> not in cool. the band Edsel. I was a fan of them in high school, though. Um, I finally watched Salad Days, oh. the documentary about D.C. Punk. I have not. It's good. Oh, good. I'm glad Because the last that. time we talked about this, I was saying Fugazi is one of the most, if not the most, overrated band of a certain era. You're going and that's right your back, favorite band. You're going right back to the fighting grounds. Well, that's where I like to live. Um, here's the thing about it. I, I want to make it clear. Mm-hmm. I don't hate Fugazi. Right. And I think a lot of their songs are great. I just think every once in a while you need to kick back and have a cool bro beer. You know what I mean, bro? <laughs> but the whole world is doing that. The thing that Kicking the... back and having a bro beer? Yeah. I disagree completely. Really? I think everyone would be a, world... a lot chiller. You know who doesn't drink? Oh. The president. Well, yeah. He's got to have one of those bro beers. You want him to kick back and have a, have a brewski? Yeah. Um, this, related to this string of thought, I just saw a book reading last week by the author and hardcore punk impresario Sam McFeeters. He was in a band called Born Against. After Born Against, he had a band called Men's Recovery Project. After that, he had my favorite of his groups and his most underrated. They were called Wrangler Brutes. I'm saying these names in hopes that listeners are just furiously Googling them right now and adding them to their streaming service playlist because the music is fantastic. But Sam McFeeters has also written an incredibly wonderful book that I want to recommend to everyone called Mutations. I think it's called, the subtitle is maybe The Many Faces of Hardcore Punk. It's basically like a collection of personal essays slash sort of 
album reviews for like his pantheon of hardcore punk records. But I think it's the best thing I ever read about punk music because it is just dripping with contempt in the exact right way that feels true to the original spirit of American punk and hardcore. He seems largely disgusted by these documentaries that are kind of going back and all the sort of like reunion culture, going back in time, patting yourself on the back for changing the world and one fan at a time and da 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 da. He's like, this is grotesque. <laughs> and I see, love this. Yeah, Did it, I write? I, is it, You'll so love his book. It's fantastic. Mutations, The Many Faces of Hardcore Punk? Yeah. When did Sam, it come out? Sam McFeeders. It just came out this oh, month. Oh, great. He gave a reading at the Lost uh, Origins Gallery in Mount Pleasant last Saturday night. This and it is was great. fantastic. Uh, it's, it's, he's awesome. He's I'll a, read that. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, check it out. You'll dig it. Now, uh, somewhat similarly, I used to do a series in a record store called Important Records. Okay. And it was a real basic idea. Sort of like 33rd and 3rd book come to life, but instead of having, clearly I couldn't get the artist. I couldn't get Neil Young, so we would have like right. a, a local guy interpret it. So like, oh, cool. Joe McAdam did it with Gabe from Dastardly, and they did Neil Young's On the Beach. Awesome. And I did it in utero with uh, this woman named Rock Falls, and like, so her and her husband did a bunch of songs from utero. And then, the ne and then the next one for volume two, we did Mutations, the back record. Oh, uh, yeah. Jessica Risker, she's a great musician. Uh, she did a bunch of songs for Mutations because she loves Beck's Mutations. And to me, Beck's Mutations uh, represents everything about the height of CD bloat culture. We're like, it's not even Beck's top five record, but I probably listened to that record a hundred times because when I got that record when I was like 15 or 16, I didn't have that many records. So when you buy that record, you're going to listen to it way too much trying to find something good on yeah, that record. Sure. That doesn't exist anymore. Right. So this is like the last gasps of like, you just listen to the entire catalog, not because it's good, but because that's what's there. Right. So what I'm trying to say is, what do you think is better? What I did at Important Records Volume 2 about Beck's Mutations or Sam McFeeder's Mutations? <laughs> the Many Faces of Hardcore Punk. I'm, I'm the greatest book about punk you've ever read. Having, <laughs> having never experienced what you're describing and offering, I'm going to have to go with the book that I'm still well, that's disappointing high on the fumes hear. of. That's I'm disappointing sorry. to hear. I'm sorry to Another disappointing so thing to, to hear is something recently you read. Uh, I read about uh, young dead musicians. Uh, you wrote a piece. Uh, it's a very sad piece. Uh, kind of inspired by Pop Smoke's passing. Yeah. Um, and um, it was essentially about grief and being a music fan, specifically a hip-hop fan. Mm -hmm. And um, you mentioned the Biggie and Tupac thing within the piece. It seems like it never goes away. Mm -hmm. Did you listen to Slow Burn? I began listening to it, but not to steer away from the topic at hand, but I, I really struggle with podcasts in general. Um, and the, it's very, very difficult for them to keep my attention. I, in fact, wrote a whole screed about how I think they're bad for music listeners. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, why? Wait, I don't what, disagree. Wait, what are we doing right now? I don't um, disagree, but why? Well, um, many reasons. I think the, ar the fundamental argument in the, in the piece that I wrote about podcasts was I want podcasts, if they want to be worthy of our most attentive and committed listening, I want, I, my desire and hope for them is that they will become worthy of it by thinking about the information that they're delivering as sound. So much of the podcast world is either in two camps, the post-Ira Glass, like intimate syllabants with Staccato, the fucking New York Times guy who makes me want to just I'm Michael Barbaro. I left yes. my husband for my producer who I wanna, happens to be a woman. I don't even know any about all that. I just want to stab myself in the throat whenever I hear it on NPR if I'm driving around at 3 p.m. The Staccato. 3.30. Here and now is on at 3. <laughs> oh, sorry. Thank you. Um, Fraternity leave. It's on all You've got it day. all. You know what's up. Um, that's one side of it. The other side is just sort of like careless blabbing. Um where it's clear that the people who are doing it, who have committed their lives to this format, haven't really thought about what they sound like. Um, you know, I'm just always raging against what I consider to be the deficiencies of what society has decided to commit itself to. You know what I mean? Like, if, if we're all going to get behind this and say this is the new form, this is how we're going to communicate, let's expect the best. I think it's over in a in a way in a, in a good Can way. I just, really? This just seems like the right moment to plug my podcast. Stand by your band, yeah, <laughs> which is about music, about the thing you've dedicated your life to, and we do a bad job. So. <laughs> no, no, I like your show. I like RPM, another Joe McAdam joint, mm -hmm. and I like Sound Opinions, which is actually a radio show that happens to also be a podcast. Mm -hmm. Those are the three music shows I like a lot. We're also maybe if you're saying it's over, the podcast thing might be over. In if terms of like. I mean, it's clearly not over, but in terms of what it was originally set out to do, like you brought a zine today, right? Sure. 
I feel like if zines like started in like late 60s for sci-fi mm-hmm. and then you could say and then continued with punk the magazine and then sort of peaked in late 80s to mid 90s xerox mm-hmm. uh kinko's culture we're like in the we're like at 79 when it comes to <laughs> podcasts right now okay, like yeah. wow yeah. and if you look at and, there, and the only reason why i say this is if you look at the top x amount they're all uh produced by a conglomerate at this point right or they're an extreme fringe that's all bad. Right. And the idea of something just being creative because it's amazing and good and trying to find its own audience, like those sci-fi zines, right. like Punk the Magazine, that has now that ship has sailed. Right. It's not right. a bad thing. It's not a good thing. We're just at that point in the culture. Can I ask you guys, have you heard any podcasts that you find are like crazy wild style out there in terms of how they approach the form sonically? No, that's the, that's the thing. The form has gotten so boring. Okay. Over the last five years. And there used to be those of like eight years ago. I mean, there's sure. so much opportunity in terms of sound design yeah. to just like blow it wide open. The best like... example is probably Welcome to Night Vale. Okay. And there's been a few compares, like a few groups that have tried to do what they're doing, but they're not as good. But I don't like radio plays, and that's what they right, are. Right, right. Yeah, I've tried to listen to narrative podcasts, and I just can never get through them. Yeah, it's not for me. And that doesn't mean they don't exist. I'm glad that they exist, and a lot of people are doing them well, but it's not crossing over to the see. same way. Yeah. I mean, Serials, for better or worse, is still probably the most successful podcast, and the amount of imitators they have is very sad. Right, right. Because, right. I mean, Serial is true crime, but it's not true crime in the same way. I guess it is blatantly true crime. I don't know what I'm talking about. Season one is true crime. Yeah, it's definitely true yeah. crime. And then no one listened to the next two. <laughs> right. No one gave a shit about Bro Bergdahl or the, is it Ohio? Some Ohio, yeah. Yeah, like no one gives a shit. It's, it's depressing. We got way off your initial question, which is that really. I, listened, I listened to the first episode of the Biggie Tupac podcast and then felt like I didn't, even though I learned things, I just felt like this is how long was that? Half hour, an hour? This is thirty minutes, forty five minutes, whatever that I want to commit to listening yeah. to music. Is I think that... I got maybe halfway through. Yeah, I really disliked it. Did you listen to Slow Burn? I listened to the first two seasons of Slow Burn. So you listened to Nixon and Clinton, and, and I thought they were really good. Yeah, and um, they were. And I was kind of bummed that they went to a pop culture. I mean, not that Tupac and Biggie was obviously bigger than like a pop culture thing, but I wanted them to stay on politics because I don't yeah. listen to many political shows. So. Exactly. Why did you bail? Um, I realized. Once they were both dead, there was no new information. Okay. And the very few tidbits, it's like maybe two things per episode. Right. And I really, really, really dislike the love of Tupac still. Um, And they completely gloss over the sexual assault stuff. Right. And I don't know, even more so from listening to the show, I'm like, yeah, Biggie was completely the victim here. A hundred percent. Yeah. And and Tupac was a bad dude surrounded by worse dudes. Right. And I, I don't think it's complicated. And the aspect that they were trying to get to is like these murders should be solved. Is, yeah, I, I completely agree. But like that wasn't the weight of that show. That wasn't the modus operandi to me right. for that show. It was more like a Biggie and Tupac appreciation framed around aren't I these see. guys racist. Does right. that make sense? Sure. I haven't, have not listened to it. I take your word for it. Yeah. it's. De- I mean, it's depressing because it's such a... Did they provide any insight to their artistry that you felt no, you, not at all. you didn't have before? Um, yeah. Biggie was like completely innocent. <laughs> No, 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 to their artistry. <laughs> yeah, in terms of like what he was uh, rhyming about, like he oh, he was he was more pure. He was a more pure artist. I see what you're saying. And okay. had, and that's why his music and his style was more aspirational Fuck. than Tupac. This is the thing where we talk about how you don't like something, and now I want to go. <laughs> oh to yeah. It. <laughs> I mean, in terms of like, it. Yeah, I could tell you why I hate certain guitar tones. Yeah. But I can't tell you why I hate or dislike certain voices, and I love Tupac's voice. Yeah, me too. I think it's amazing. But I think what, but like he's such a goddamn liar, rich kid asshole. Like, fuck that guy. Where Biggie was like, I want to be a nice man. <laughs> like, I want nice <laughs> things, and that's why he was wearing fucking suits and shit. Like, yeah, it's and it it was framed the exact opposite way. Interesting for so long. That's what I find interesting about yeah. it. It's like Pantera, right? I love these riffs, but what the fuck is that guitar tone? Is it all high end? It's fucking garbage. Right. Also, you're horrible racist. But it's mostly the guitar tone. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I can tell you why I hate yes. Dimebag Daryl's tone. Yes, sure, I'm with it. That's a murder that was clearly solved. Yeah. So wild to think. When was that even? Two thousand two. Was it this century? Yeah, I think it was. Two thousand three. Two thousand two. Yeah. Oh, it seems ancient. Yeah. Dimebag Daryl. 
there was a, just before we get completely off Tupac, there was a kid in my grade school who brought a packet of facts about why Tupac was still alive and distributed it to everyone in the class. That's awesome. And uh, I'll never forget this. When you say packet, was it just like a staple? It was like two, three two pages stapled, stapled together, awesome. like bullet-pointed facts. Fantastic. Fact number one, Tupac died on Friday the 13th, a very suspicious day. <laughs> That's <laughs> that was fact number one. That was That's the amazing. lead off. Uh, I want to please Tommy I wanna read for, for Chris sure. and I. I know where you're from. Uh, what was the makeup of your school? What's that? What was the makeup of your school? How many? Oh, 100% white. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> Just wanted to yeah. make that clear for okay, everyone. Cool. All right, there we go. Um, you so you don't write as much as you used to because you're the editor. No, that's not true. Oh, really? Both, both things are not true. <laughs> I don't think he's a pop culture writer. I'm so sorry. No, no. I'm a pop music critic, but pop I still music critic. write as much as I've always have. I but think. I thought you was. Do you assign stories to people? Um. Sort of. Okay. I, I bring in freelancers. Okay, to, that's what I'm thinking. And I, I kind of like, I'm on the front end. Like, I'm out there meeting, I'll meet a lot of young people in the yes. life who say, How do I write for the post? Yes. And I'll say, Come talk to me. And then we, if it works out, then I kind of get them in the system. And then I, and then the editors work with them after that. But you still like, you bring in the young folks. I, I do my best. And that's amazing. That. That's amazing. Thanks. So, what I'm asking is, How are you finding out about new music? Because you wrote this oh. great piece about YouTube. We've already discussed it a few episodes ago. But I thought that was a really interesting piece. And I was wondering how you are still finding out about new music. Is it still Thanks. YouTube? YouTube is a part of it. The algorithm that I trust the most of, while distrusting all of them, YouTube is the one that I guess I should say I distrust the least. Got it. Got it. <laughs> it knows you better, sadly. And it knows somehow that because you watched this cooking video and this comedy thing that you might also like this Dr. Octagon B-side that yeah. you never heard of, for whatever reason. It, it's creepy. Um, but I actually work very, very hard to get outside of that and go to shows. And when I meet people, I hopefully I'm not too punishing, but I always want to see what they're into, what they like. Um, like the, the there's um, like where my child goes to daycare. One of the daycare ladies has a son who's in seventh grade. Every time I see him, I'm like, "What are you listening to?" You know. And I don't. At first, I think he was like, "What is this strange man yeah, yeah, asking yeah. me about?" But now he'll just come up to me and be like, "Oh, have you heard this new thing?" Heard this That's new great. Thing? So has he, has yeah. he turned you on anything? Um, yeah. Uh, what did he get me into? Wow. Oh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna blank right now. He's a rap fan, so okay. like he's really on to like whoever is like popping on SoundCloud like that week. He's pretty into it. That's he great. just told me about someone named, I think it was J, J Pierre. I can't remember the name exactly. I'm so, I'm blowing it. That's so great. Um, but anyway, so like yeah, I just like, I just try to talk to whether at any age, you know. Even today, I was at a birthday party for a two-year-old this morning. Yeah, was it at a brewery? The, it was not at a brewery. It was at a wow. house. But there was a guy there who was like an uncle to the kid, and he's Russian, and he's like, I love metal and opera. I'm going to the opera tonight. He's like going to the Kennedy Center, and I was like, What metal bands do you like? And he was like, It was amazing. He's like, Everyone, like. Metallica, Romstein, Bon Jovi, U2, and I was like, wow. What? I, I was like, your definition of metal is vast. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, you just get to, like, I just always try to chop it up with That's people great. Um, and not be Are too Are you going to go to Romstein's first ever uni uh, American outdoor tour? I think maybe I'll have to. I was shocked that they are Same. playing rooms so big, and I can't imagine they're going to be full. They're playing football stadiums. Yes, yeah, FedEx Rammstein. Field here, and I just had no idea. I thought they would play, like, I mean, I would be surprised like if they did like the anthem and it sold out. So I, I have no. Yeah, I'd be, I'm shocked I'd be, by how little clue I would be surprised I have. if they sold out anthem. I'd be surprised if they sold out Capital One. Yeah. So the fact that they're doing that. So I wonder is what's nuts. going on. Is it going to be half full, or am I going to be surprised that this band has a huge fan base I, in the woodwork? I think I we're no both going to be surprised exists. because there's so many of those like exhibition soccer matches and like one-off rugby things, and I'm like, who this is this for? And there's a like, hundred thousand people there. I yeah. feel like that's the Rammstein fan base. I'm, I want to go just for that reason. Maybe it'll be. Maybe we'll even do it like a scene piece, like a who are who oh are God. these people and yeah. where are you every other day of the year? You know, I, I'm super fascinated by it because that band is so liberal. It's amazing. Yeah, like their what their songs are about sound the exact opposite than <laughs> what they are. Oh, how old are you, by the way? How old am I? Yeah, I'm 40 years old for a uh, money zero. Yep. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Uh, Chris, I want to thank you for your time. You got to get out of here because nap time. You have to drive to Silver Spring. Got to get back to Silver Spring for that nap time. To you can probably you can make it up. You can make it there by nap I time. Will. That's awesome. Man. Thanks for having me. Man. Thanks for doing Congratulations. this. Congratulations. I'm Good gonna luck, read Chris. this. Not right now, but at, at the end of the night. Thank you, Sandy. You ready to do this? We'll chat. Come up, Sandy. Oh, please do. Tommy, what are you playing? called Sandy's Theme. That's great. I love it, dude. 
Get that out of here. I don't like that jaunty bullshit. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. Sandy, how old are you? I'm right now on everyone's age. You could I, lie. I am 33. 33. Oh. Smashing pumpkin. <laughs> what's up? Play it, baby. I don't know how to play. You don't know how to play 33? That's what's going on there. Yeah, what's up? I actually haven't heard the song, but that's. You haven't heard the Smashing Pumpkins 33? You haven't heard the fifth single off of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness? You no. haven't heard track five, disc two off of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness? <laughs> you haven't seen the video produced by Billy Corgan's then wife? Oh my God! Was I supposed to do that before? You, I got yeah, here? we're huge pumpkin heads Dang. here. Is that what we're called, Tommy? Uh, that is a Ryan Adams song. Sandy, where are you from? Uh, originally Chicago, grew up in Atlanta. Where in Chicago? Uh, like Westmont, Downers Grove area. All right. When did you leave? When I was five. All right. Now, Tommy, where are you from? Wilmette. From Wilmette. Yes. Tommy, did you ever hang out in Downers Grove when you were about one years old? <laughs> Not that I remember, but okay. I'm sure we crossed paths. paths. I'm just yeah. checking to see if you guys are old friends. Did you say you're Chicago, too? I'm Chicago, yeah. Where in Chicago? Uh, last neighborhood I lived in was Westtown. Okay. Which Me is too. off the Chicago Blue Line. Where'd you live? Address? Uh, Chicago and Wood. I was oh. at 1753 Chicago. I w that's awesome. We were down the street from each other. Oh, I was sure. at 1406 West Superior. Ah. So you know the you know where Five Star is? Of course, yeah. If you go out my alley, you could be there in maybe 60 seconds. Great tacos. That. Ten Wait. cent wings on Mondays. That's I go really there, I want, 50, I want 50 wings, $5. What's up? That's a good deal. I'm a loss you, leader. You just got to head down an alley, there they are. So Atlanta... Atlanta, yeah. Or like are, outside of Atlanta. What are your thoughts on Love is Blind? Um, I, don't, I don't have any current know, know, thoughts on it I'm yet. fucking with you. But I, well, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. But Why are you in Washington, D.C.? Some call it our nation's capital. Some do. Uh, I got a job up here. I've oh. been up here like, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I don't have it now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Um, no, it, it's good. It's good. I uh, got up here, I guess, like almost eight years ago. That's a long time been here a while. So where do you live? Let's go over your address now. Uh, 16th Street Heights. Okay, I don't feel bad at all, so you can get here very easily. Oh, yeah, super easy. Good, good, good. Super now easy. I don't feel I'm bad. I'm in a bike home. He's, uh, he, uh, he came from Brooklyn. Yes, yeah, so it was a little farther. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah, that's far. <laughs> yeah. That's a while. Yes, it was about four hours. Salon, drive or bus? Uh, my girlfriend drove. Uh, your girlfriend drove? She your did. girlfriend's yeah, yeah, here? Yeah, she is. What is she doing? She just went to check in at the hotel. You got a hotel? Oh, yeah, you're doing the, just They put thing. us up, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. I feel like you fit in that girlfriend line in a way that was like, um, yeah, my girlfriend <laughs> drove me, all right? So. You think, did Tom, you, did you think that, that Tommy, Tommy thought, thought that you were hitting on him? him? I didn't, I didn't really think. I mean, maybe. I don't Tommy, know. do you think she was sitting on you? No. <laughs> I just to make sure you didn't think when I was writing Sandy's theme, I had any. <laughs> Tommy, do you, you know? Tommy, do you think any woman has ever hit on you? Ever? Um, well, yeah. Good. <laughs> the, the three I've dated, yeah. Because I think you're, you're an attractive catch. <laughs> oh, thank you, Brad. I, I have not hit on you, but I think I've been around women hitting on you, and you didn't know it. It oh. sounds like you are a little bit right now, though. <laughs> oh, I love this man. Yeah, he's the kind of guy I'd want if I had a daughter or a son that was definitely age-appropriate. This is not going to work out now. Uh, I would love him to, to marry Tommy. Tommy's great. Uh, girlfriend's dads love me. That is yeah, big, come uh, on. My this guy. Last time I was in D.C., my ex-girlfriend from like years earlier, her dad came to my show uh, and then came up to me after and just goes, no one knows I'm here. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he snuck out to go see me perform. It was really like you're, you're the dad's cigarettes that he's no <laughs> longer supposed to smoke. Yeah, exactly. So nice. Oh. Sandy, what do you think about your ex-boyfriend's dads? Um, well, I'm We're going to make think. this a dad-centric conversation. I think uh, they all seem sort of like the worst parts of my ex-boyfriend. Oh, wow. Yeah, like all the, actually most of the, the dads I met, of yeah, almost across the board, I saw like all the worst qualities. Why were they so bad? I don't, it, like you just see like certain things turned up and you don't, you don't necessarily, I'm sure they weren't so bad, but like you don't see all the good stuff necessarily. Were, were there a lot of like rage issues, a lot of anger, a lot of jealousy? Let's go through all of them. Okay. All right, I didn't. So I didn't see that. Okay, I that's mean, good. Yeah, um, it was more like, uh, like an egocentric kind of thing, which I mean that could just be due to meeting someone new or something. You know, I don't know. I don't either. Let's go over it. I don't know. You know, I still, I 
they could all be listening right now. Yeah, let's make it uncomfortable for them. You okay, should be the comfortable one. They're yeah. all bad people. Yeah, I'm gonna take back my life. No, they, I, I don't okay. think so. Yeah. Okay. Good. One of them was uh, a Jehovah's Witness who. Yeah, actually, two of them were Jehovah's Witnesses. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, two of my most serious uh, adult relationships have been with people who were raised Jehovah's Witness and then left the faith. But then came back to the faith? Did not come back okay. to the faith. Okay, so the former like the Jehovah. Parents, yeah. The form- Did you know that when you started dating them? Did not. Um, Did that impact your relationship in any way? Oh, in a big way. <laughs> Could you explain how? Uh, I think... So I've done a lot of, I've, I have thought about this a I lot. I am listening. I have thought about it a lot because it is a weird thing to realize that like you are drawn to that very specific yeah. type. Um, and I was actually, there was one night where I was here like a couple years ago where I was talking to some guy and like he asked for my number and I gave it to him and then we kept talking and I got a vibe and I'm like, wait, I'm so sorry this is weird, but were you raised a Jehovah's Witness? And he was like, actually, Seventh-day Adventist. Wow. What is yeah. the vibe? <laughs> uh, well, all right, this might get too, like, I don't know. Um, if, you, uh, if you are raised in, al- in an alcoholic home, sure. in an overly religious home, uh-huh. uh, if you were really sick growing up, uh-huh. any of those things, they all can produce sort of the same sort of problems as an adult. Okay. So I think I'm just... Being drawn to like the same problems. What are those problems? I I I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I want I figure some, it all the way out. I want there's I, like I'm waiting for the poker tell where you could just tell that guy's a JW guy. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what Jehovah's it's like Witness a look of hope. sadness. That's most comics that are men. <laughs> it wasn't a comic. It was, that's the curveball. Yeah, wasn't a comic. It was uh, just a guy who was here, and it was it was like. I don't know. With one of the guys, he was a nihilist, and that ended up becoming a problem. Was was were you both sixteen? Uh, we were not. No, you weren't. Okay. Right? Yeah, I no. Wait, he was a when when was this? This was I actually moved to DC with him. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then so this is someone you dated for a while. Yeah, three years. So and he was a nihilist. He was a nihilist, which I sort of thought would go away, but because if you're a nihilist, like in your thirties, that you're locked in. You're a nihilist. You just are. Did he ever try to convert you to nihilism? I mean, not really, but not, not like I mean, I feel like anyone who's actually a nihilist is always sort of trying to convert you sure. to nihilism. Like do you do you have a strong belief system right now? Um, I have a medium belief system. I have nihilism. I, <laughs> uh, not nihilism. Okay. I like the opposite. I like actually Jehovah's Witness. I. Ugh, no, <laughs> I uh, I wanted to be like a nun growing up. You did, yeah. So what, what drew you to that? Um, I was just I was really Catholic for a while, and um, I don't, yeah, felt real strongly about it. And I think I I also think there was some wanting to feel special. Sure. Yeah. N- nothing about the outfits. The outfits are good. Outfits are pretty cool. I actually uh, asked to try on a nun's. I think it's called a wimple. Um. Once and I, you're not supposed to ask that. It's uh, very personal. You you grew up Catholic too, right? Yes, raised very Catholic. Yeah, yeah. Isn't your mom like work for the church? My mom works for the Archdiocese of Chicago. <laughs> yes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Like, directly with the cardinal. Yeah. This oh, is. Oh damn, that's high up. Yeah. This yeah. is like the one interaction you're gonna ever have about this, and it's gonna be positive. <laughs> <to me. laughs> yeah. Right. But she no. thought I was going to be a priest when I grew up. <laughs> so did, it, did you want to be a priest when you grew up? I don't think I. I think I don't think I ever actually thought about that. If uh, you could marry, would you be a priest? Honestly, that would change a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think because um, you could clearly drink. Yes, you could clearly play music. It would be fun to you be an old Irish drink, drunken actually, priest. To <laughs> yeah. Be married, yeah, you'd be a great drunken married priest. If there was no uh, problems with the Catholic Church as an institution, and I could marry, I would be a priest tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think most of us would be. Yeah, sorry. It's easy. No, I'm sorry. I hit your foot. No, oh, it's my nice fault. Shoes. Thank like you so much. Uh, yeah, I think maybe if I could have like, if I could have. And no one said nuns marrying. That's not our scenario you're here, right. ma'am. It's no. only priests marrying. You're right. Cool dude priest. So that yeah. would be right. on brand. That would be <laughs> they probably would. Yeah. Do you think it'll change in your lifetime? 
the priests or the nuns getting married? Not nuns getting married. Not nuns? I actually think there you think there will be priests? I think if the numbers get so low, I mean, they've been trending down for, you know, our, life. our lifetimes. Our and I think if they get to a certain point, they're going to have to, or else there like, literally won't be enough priests. So. I, and this might be overly optimistic, uh, I would think that they would start letting women become priests. So you think they'll allow, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. They'll allow women to be priests before they allow priests to marry. That sounds right, yeah. And then will there ever be marriage in it? Then you're only allowed to marry other priests. So it's a love is blind scenario. <laughs> you go in the facility, here are some pods. Yeah. That could actually work out. They're in out. a confession booth, yeah. That, that would actually work out. Yeah. Well, we've solved that. Catholicism. You're welcome, America. Uh, I don't, think, I don't really think this is an American problem, but okay. I, I, said, I added another, yeah, I'm part of the um, I did... I was an ugly American tourist uh, when I uh, once, and I went to I ran through the Vatican, like because the Vatican's like a big. It did sound city. like you said I like, went to Iran. Were you clothed? Did you streak? I was clothed. I was wearing a Nine Inch Nails uh, T-shirt, listening to like metal the entire time, and um, I was just I was running, and um, a woman got mad because like she was trying to get past me, and um, she said it. She like yelled at me like she's. Uh, a stereotype of uh, Super Mario from the hit film Super Mario Brothers starring John Leguizamo. Good film. And um, uh, she's, uh, she, she yelled, uh, move over, what are you doing here? Something to that effect. And uh, all I could do was laugh. And then I realized that like, no matter how old I get, I was always going to be that like angry preteen in a black Nine Inch Nails shirt that always hated all Catholics. No offense. <laughs> I, well, I don't know that we could, I, I, don't I went to Catholic I, school my entire life, and I was not uh, baptized Catholic. Um, first of all, the scene you're describing is actually a scene from Twilight New Moon. Is it really? Like, they run yeah. through the Vatican? Well, it, it's called, like, Volterra, but it's, like, Vampire Vatican, basically. Party. Do they yeah. also wear Nine Inch Nails shirts? Uh, they wear a lot of plaid. Nope, opposite. The is opposite. It the of, opposite? Black is the opposite of color. Oh, do you, would, uh, I'm thinking about doing a goth clothing swap at Slash Run, where all we do is exchange black t-shirts. That sounds nice. I think it will be nice. I'd like I to like do that. nice things with other people. Uh, Sandy, what time is it? I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank oh, you for thank traveling you. so, thank so you. very far. Yes, yeah, so far. Now so I don't far. feel bad at all. Um, so Sandy, bad. we're going to say goodnight to you. Thank you. He's going to play, apparently, your theme, or 33. Humor me before I have to go. Tomorrow's just an excuse. Are you doing Springsteen or Bon Jovi? <laughs> it's one or the other. It's they're both bad. <laughs> I know I can't be late. Supper's waiting. On the table. This is m way more Springsteen now. But I think we started Bon Jovi. That's more Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> it is your life, Tommy. It is your life. <laughs>